Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis, the podcast for creativity and other phenomena. Did I mention that it feels really good to be back? Back behind the microphone, back in familiar environs, back in the saddle, depending on how you define saddle. I've got horses as neighbors again, so they might have an understanding on that. Different from mine. It'd be nice to know someday what horses really think about saddles, because when they are back in the saddle, it's different than when we are back in the saddle. Isn't that always the way? No one ever has the same opinion. Humans. Horses. Well, since I'm already taking you, my fair listeners, on a ride, let's get on with the creativity portion of this podcast and listen to a free write titled, What's Your Sign? your sign. You've got to be kidding me. You start with that? Does that work? Oh, you thought I meant astronomy. No, I mean that blind spot that's plastered on your forehead. My what now? That sign that everybody else sees, but you forget or have no clue about. She just stared at him. Like your skepticism. Skepticism? Yeah, like you come across as a friendly looking person, but from the moment I started talking, you had your guard up. You've never approached a woman in a bar before. You're proving my point. He stared at his beer. You're all like that. Skeptics. Too quick to say no. Too quick to shut down the conversation. Maybe you're approaching the wrong women. Aha, I knew I'd get you to open up. So this is a game. In part. I didn't hurt your feelings just now. In part. And now you're talking like a parrot. He stared back at his beer. I am a parrot. That's probably the main issue with women then. Tell me about it. We don't know what to do with the beak. Or the claws. The claws. Where do you expect to put those claws? Still staring at his beer. In all the soft parts. That's just it. Ouch, man. Ouch. Yeah, shape-shifting isn't all it's cracked up to be. Man, ouch. <laughs> yeah, this is um this is another one from the archives. You know, I have to admit I have never been picked up in a bar. Never. Maybe maybe um maybe I need to go to the bars where the parrots are, but uh, and could be that's why I always am in this state of existential crisis because no one has ever looked over at this bespeckled, uh, Rubenesque girl, um, somehow and, you know, dropped their beer and just had to come over and talk to me. Somehow I 
Uh, maybe maybe I look unapproachable. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm too beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that would be a really wonderful dilemma, wouldn't it? Anyway, so, well, here we are with this idea of conversation as creative, right? How do we creatively engage in conversation? It's, it's fascinating for me because I'm talking to a couple of um, 80-year-olds. My my mom is uh, 83, and my dad is is 88. So after a while, I think you just run out of things to say. Um, so there's a lot of sign reading. You know, when we're driving around, they will they will recite where we are, or they will you know certainly help me with driving. Uh, that that always makes it a lot of fun. Uh, and I fear because the only person I'm really kind of talking to these days is me and my blue microphone. My blue microphone. That really sounds like it sounds like a blues song now, doesn't it? Uh, but <laughs> it's definitely, you know, I don't want to keep reinforcing the same ideas, so I have to kind of hope that my reading, the things that I'm reading, are giving me enough intellectual stimulation, uh, and the occasional um, sitting in on uh, reruns of Jeopardy now because they're reruns. Who knew that Jeopardy was going to be in reruns? Who knew that Jeopardy would be rerun? We could just play with those words all day. But I think um, at this point, it's time to move on to This Week in Existence. It's This Week in Existence. Rob Bresney provoked me this week. In his Real Astrology website, well, actually, that's what he used to call his syndicated column, Real Astrology. I used to read it uh, out of the Austin Chronicle and a bunch of other arts plate papers. Uh, What was that one in Madison called? I forget, um, but back in the 90s. And he changed the name of his column many years ago, and it's now gone to completely online, I think, um, but he changed it to Free Will Astrology. Not as fun. I liked the promise of real astrology. You know, my guess, the American horoscope reading public has become so desperate for some message on high that they no longer understand satire. Well, anyway, this week in the Taurus entry, he encouraged we Taurians to consider the top three questions to ask ourselves for the rest of the year. I am brought back to the basement at the New York Chopra Center on Broadway at around 57th or so uh, with their daily noon meditation sessions that they offered for free in 2008. The Chopra Center was a beautiful respite, and God love them, whichever God, uh, to offer daily meditation for free in New York in 2008. Twice a day, if I recall, noon and right after work. I don't know about any other New Yorkers, but it was just when I needed it. 
The three big questions with which Dr. Chopra's devotees would frame the start of the meditation, which Deepak himself reiterated on the Ron Burgundy podcast, were, Who am I? What do I want? And what is my dharma? Dharma meaning life purpose, life's work. In the Ron Burgundy podcast, Deepak Chopra added a fourth, obviously an influence from the same non-sardonic New Age hegemony that caused Rob Bresney to rebrand. What am I grateful for? To me, that one is implied in the other three. In fact, the first question can cover the other original two if we allow ourselves to shut up the monkey mind. Gratitude is so needy. But so back to the three big questions. Of course, I can play with those Chopra-inspired ones, which have been informed by a larger tradition than modernized by Dr. Chopra. I can play with those all week. And with a name like Hope, who am I? So much rides on that first question. Hope, how do I manifest that? How, How does that shape what I want? How does that help me get what I deserve? How it shapes my work? What I convey to others? How this dharma, in all its facets, plays out, both for me and for those around me. And I could rest easy, thinking that I've outsmarted Mr. Bresney with my already superbly crafted questions in the bag, and ponder them I will. I do, pretty much every time I sit down to meditate, but arguably because I will inevitably forget what I invent. Maybe that's why I'm recording it now. Those questions, who am I, what do I want, and what is my dharma, are sublime in their wording. Anything more seems to just come out of the machinations of the monkey. But what if I change only one word? You know, dust off my journalism training and look through the lens of the five W's and the H. How am I? Ooh, now there's a provocation, both in terms of mood, how am I feeling, and in terms of activity, how do I get to I? Being and doing, that Zen cone of Sinatra, doobie doobie doo. I likey. Okay, play more with the how. How do I get what I want? Of course, being clear on what I want is the right first step. But then there are all the other little steps. This year has been so full of the next small step coming off of a year of the great leap forward. And... I am getting tired of chipping away at this. I want a windfall. I want the accolades. I want the cash flow. See, there I go, articulating what I want before how I get it. So, well, let's break that one down. I want a windfall. Until about 2015, I convinced myself that there always was a windfall. So I never really concerned myself with cash flow because things would always work out. 
always. Never in a multi-million dollar award or anything that surreal, but a cushion would show up out of the blue right when I was feeling a little strapped. Like clockwork. And then I could feel comfortable with the influx to take the next calculated, or not so calculated, risk. Then I made the mistake of telling this good luck mystical optimistic nugget to a woman financial planner. I said confidently at a networking roundtable, there's always a windfall, and without missing a beat. She countered, but what if there's not? But there always is, I said, peering through my half-full glass. She countered again, in the kindest way. But what if there wasn't? And that, friends, was the tack to my balloon. I have not had a windfall since 2015. Not even close. I have been working so hard, putting together so many ideas, and no breather. Yes, I've never worked this hard, and I've always prided myself on my ability to push myself. But no great idea has yet to light. Lots of great ideas, don't get me wrong. But no windfall, no big check, no breather. I don't know about you, but I grow weary of piecing it together. You know, I see the light, but because I keep changing the rules, and yes, I keep changing them, and I see that this is an issue, but I'm continually playing catch-up. Tinker, 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 and then, as Jesuit philosopher Bernard Lonergan posited, insight. Haven't yet gotten to the insight. Okay, So the windfall that I want is the big insight, the brilliant idea. So there's the first big question. What is my brilliant idea? Or better, what is my next brilliant idea? Which brings us to the next nugget. I want the accolades. On my trip to my folks' place, before my grand sequestering, that's what I'm calling this period, my grand sequestering, you thought it was while I wasn't producing episodes? Well, apparently it's working the other way for me. I mentioned that I changed the rules, but en route to the homeland, I had the good fortune to have my coach, Paul Blanchard, invite me to stay with him and his family for two weeks. I had no idea how at home I would feel, and it's goofy to call him my coach. Not that that's not true, but he's, he's really the brother that I never had. He calls me out. I call him out. We pick on each other in a fraternal way, and I've never really communicated with any man like this. I typically flirt or keep it professional till I know that you respect me, and then I might flirt, depending on the power dynamics. <clears throat> but uh, back to Brother Paul... The first night, he, his wife Ashley, and I were hanging out in the living room, and he's telling me something about something. I'm doing my usual encouraging and engaged listening, and he stops and says to me, Okay, Hope, can you imagine not responding super enthusiastically to everything I say? What? Stopped me. Dead in my tracks. Not dead. My first thought was, though, really? Do I do that? I mean, 
I mean, I know I do that. I mean, clinical training. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. To keep the thread going. Seeing that I'm stunned, he adds, you have such an engaging personality. It's, it's not annoying. Okay, phew. But it's something you do. Well, that got me thinking. I've been that listener for so long. I reflected briefly and mentioned that uh, through the practice of Aikido back in 2007, I learned that I was not an active listener. I learned, non-verbally as one does through martial arts, that I'm an aggressive listener. I want you to tell me everything. Whether you want to or not, I mean, that's, that realization caused me to reflect on that and chuckle about how ridiculous that is and how pushy I can be, even when I feel like I'm being curious. And I've worked hard to recognize when I'm pushing too hard. I mean, honestly, that has been the focus of much of the last 15 years of my life, really, since I stopped working as a therapist, if not since whenever I had egg on my face as a kid. But this was a new wrinkle. We, we kept enjoying each other's company, and I wasn't self-conscious about it for long, but it stuck there. The next morning, we're getting ready to head off to the office together, and uh, I, have, I had some thoughts during my night of sleep, and I felt I should share. It hit me, I say to Paul, based on your insight last night, that the way I listen to people could be why, after 23 years with my husband... I felt so depleted. Like, I set up this cheerleader dynamic that everything you say is so cool and I'm right there with you and I've given so much of myself away through my desire to connect, to stay connected, to feel like I have anything to offer, that I have no self left. It's all over there. And you keep wanting more from me. The same enthusiasm, the same excitement, the same connection. All you know me. And because I was not looking to receive, I was looking to give. Receiving, I deflect. I don't need anything. Somewhere in there is that self-reliance that I learned early, like learning not to be ticklish when I was five. Don't count on reciprocity because you'll be left hanging. Give, though, and you'll exist even if it's only by giving everything away. Big stuff for eight in the morning. So the next big question, and I have never questioned my ability to connect with people, not really, except to perfect it, which apparently I'm still doing, is, well, how do I receive without giving? Well, that's, that's not it. It's bigger. How can I be in relation to another person without completely losing myself? Aha. Turns out I'm codependent. Crap. All right, the next nugget. I want to see the cash flow. Well, this goes beyond the windfall idea because that's never going to happen, or at least not the way that I drew it to me. 
I have watched The Secret. You know, I've feng shui my house and my office and my desk. I meditate, as you all know. I balance my checkbook. You know, I, I want what we all want, especially those of us that work for ourselves, especially the artists in the room. We want to stop trading hours for dollars. And fretting about it gets pretty dull pretty quick, so I don't really want to talk about all that. But if you listen to my episode six, my sixth episode of Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis, you know that I've read the book Lean In. So I've leaned in. Plus, I'm an aggressive listener, so I lean in even when I'm not leaning in. So, well, let's try something else. How do I hang back? Ooh. Now we're back to the receiving space. Okay. Lots of formulating for sure, but it seems that I have some working drafts of the questions for the rest of the year, for any year, really. To recapitulate, what is my next brilliant idea? How can I be in relation to another person without losing myself? How do I hang back? Or simply, how do I hang? Well, take that, Rob Bresney. Take that, Deepak Chopra. Take that, Bernard Lonergan. Take that, Ron Burgundy. Take that, Hope Lafferty. Another crisis averted. Speaking of which, did you know that Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis is available on the iHeartRadio app? Right up there with the Ron Burgundy podcast. Look out, you cross-pollinators, you. The spiders are finding me. Let's hope they're not poisonous. Subscribe there. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Subscribe everywhere, people. Help me lead the charge for satire and irony and existence as only we can. Doobie doobie doo. I hope radio, man. Well, musical thanks goes to composer and performer Andy Schneider. And at the risk of giving or showing gratitude that serves only the knee-jerk needs of the New Age Illuminati, thanks to you for tuning in, for turning on, for not dropping out. Tweet me at the Hope Crisis. I'm still trying to figure out how to get that to work. So uh, perhaps that's one of the questions I need to answer this year. How do I tweet? Well, in this week's closing mantra, think about your big three questions for the rest of the year. Taurus or not, anyone can play. Or feel free to adopt mine, especially that Twitter one. Hmm. Till next time, look after yourselves. <laughs>